0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Web & Beyond Live for December 21st, 2020. I'm Ray Sidney Smith, President of W3 Consulting and Managing Director of W3C Web Services, which provides affordable WordPress and managed WordPress, that is, and web hosting, domain name registrations, and the like. And so just a couple of quick notes about uh, today's episode. Uh, Every week, I try to come to you and talk to you about small business digital marketing and management Uh, tips and tricks and so forth uh, related to what's really happening in the world uh, around us. So uh, today, what I'd like to do is cover a couple of of bits of, of news items that I think are kind of pertinent to us all. And then uh, do a little bit of a deep dive into the concept of what's being called Core Web Vitals update or the page experience update that's coming out uh, uh, next year. And I think this is really, really important for small businesses to understand so that we're better able to uh, respond to what's going on there. So welcome to those who are watching live. If you are watching live, feel free to comment in the chat. The live chat's open and you can ask questions and I can go ahead and hopefully uh, answer any of your questions live here or... If you're watching the replay afterward or the podcast episode, feel free to go ahead and leave your comments and I'll try to respond to you uh, asynchronously. So with that, let's get into the news. And what I wanted to talk about is just a couple of really interesting articles that I've come across this week. One of the first things is that, you know, that I've been uh, talking a little bit about the uh, kind of uh, forward progress of, of the kind of Asian market. And they recently, signed the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership, and then Singapore signed their own deal with England uh, related to Brexit. And now Singapore has gone ahead and done something really quite unique in the sense that they have now brought about their first approval in uh, of, of lab-grown meat uh, product. And so this is actually a a chicken product that has its chicken in terms of its You know, I'm guessing bio, biological or biochemical um, makeup, uh, but it was grown in the laboratory. And uh, so, of course, this is approved for use in a restaurant, I think it is, in Singapore now. Uh, This is obviously going to, you know, grow a whole new industry, just as we had this kind of um, vegetable based grown. Uh, meat here in the in the United States. Uh, we'll see this concept of uh, cultured chicken products now extending. this is this is real meat uh, that is just lab grown. And it just goes to show how some of these government and policy issues, Uh, really help to expand the innovation in areas outside of just traditional tech. And so I just wanted to bring it up because we have a whole host of new opportunities coming at us that we need to think about as more and more countries are uh, kind of... uh, collaborating in a way that we they weren't necessarily doing before. Uh, the U.S. has been kind of out of the conversation for the better part of four years under the current administration. And now here we are going into the space where the U.S. now has to kind of um, catch up. Now, again, this was a US startup. So it's, it's kind of interesting, because it's a US startup doing business in Singapore and getting this approval for this. So it's kind of a little bit odd in the sense that, yes, it was a US company, but they really, you know, are operating in a completely different country. And will US regulators allow us to be able to do the same types of things. And I'm I'm just very curious, I'll be paying attention to this space as we make our way forward. But I just wanted to bring that to your attention. Uh, next up is a uh, just a really interesting uh, company that I came across. And I thought I would share it with you all because it's a great example of a a company pivoting uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. So if you didn't know, there are these... Businesses called escape rooms, and they are, in essence, uh, you know, spaces where you go uh, as you know, uh, couples, family, friends, those kinds of things go together and they are challenged to be able to quote unquote escape from this particular room in which they are, or rooms that are, are put together with these puzzles. Some of them could be scary or fun or interesting, but they're all on this time pressure to get out of the, the space in a particular amount of time. And uh, so this, of course, was impacted by the pandemic because during lockdowns and shutdowns, they're incapable of being able to operate uh, safely with people locked in closed spaces together. And this business has pivoted by creating virtual escape rooms. You're taken into a Zoom room and... They walk you through the escape rooms that they have at their physical locations, and this is just, I mean, just classic case of how you can take a physical experience and make it a virtual digital experience in that way. It requires a little bit of imagination. It requires a little bit of of grit because you, you have to figure out, okay, well, you have to create this one needed a host who would who now is in the physical space. Uh, so there's the safety of the of the individual who's now in the space with his, with his co-workers or her co-workers, all of those kinds of things. but they've made it work and now they have 60 minute adventures that are live. They have these various opportunities for everybody. And I just think it's uh, really important for people to think about how even a business like this that requires people to come into a space have adapted and pivoted in the face of this. Uh, now they have a store here. You can go to their shop and you can find uh, board games. So they've created a product business. And they've also uh, they have this online kind of do it yourself uh Uh, format of it as well. Uh, So that's really also um, phenomenal. And I'm just excited to see how different businesses are making that kind of uh, pivot. Um, I apologize about the background noise if you're hearing any. And so uh, let's continue on with my next story. Um, And this one is, hold on one second, have a little technical difficulties here. Let's get over here. There we go. Um, Next one is about Snapchat. Uh, Snapchat has partnered with Automatic, which is the company that uh, produces WordPress.org, as well as WooCommerce and several other parts of the WordPress environment. Uh, So Snapchat has gone ahead and provided $150 ad credit. Uh, That is, if you spend $50 in advertising uh, budget, then you will uh, get $150 in ad credit on the platform if you use their new SnapPixel, which is provided through the SnapPixel for WooCommerce plugin. So here, what you're uh, able to do is you're able to track conversions, uh, build retargeting audiences within the Snapchat, Snap Ads uh, environment, and optimize campaigns so that you can get better results, obviously, through those ads. Uh, This is a a free plugin that you can add and then go to town in terms of creating that. So I just think this is really great. If you are looking to kind of uh, get in front of the younger uh, audience that is on Snapchat. This now is like the Facebook Pixel or any of the other uh, analytics tools that connect you to the advertising platform. Snapchat has gone ahead and uh, brought that uh, to market. And so now you can go ahead and check that out. this, I think I mentioned last week, but I just wanted to um, bring it up again, which is we've had this, I think I mentioned the Facebook uh, suit, that is. So, you know, Facebook is now being uh, sued by the federal government uh, for, and along with several other uh, states, and that case seems to have pretty strong teeth. And so we're gonna see what happens to the social network as they move along. But in this particular case, Google has now two more lawsuits brought to it, brought against it by uh, by Texas and, and uh, nine other states. Uh, this one looks a, uh, potentially a little bit more uh, dangerous to Google, uh, still a little bit on the political side. And so it just ends up being whether or not this uh, anti-competitive practice uh, set of lawsuits really ends up impacting Google in uh, the long run. Uh, what they continue to say is that Google's ad business is in some way, shape, or form anti-competitive, And uh, Google is going to have to defend against that. Uh, The reason I bring it up is how is this going to affect you? How is it going to affect your advertising strategy going forward? How is it going to affect things like Google My Business or any of the other Google products? I think very little to minimal impact will happen, uh, certainly in 2021 into 2022. So uh, for all intents and purposes, nothing really needs to change here in terms of how Google is operating. It will, of course, lawyer up and uh, start to defend itself out there. But nothing really major is going to be happening there. One bit of uh, really big news, uh, but not really, is that Twitter is shutting down their live streaming app, Periscope. So Twitter Live is, I'm presuming, going to continue to exist. And that's something that I couldn't quite understand in the various reporting that I've read. But the uh, platform Periscope itself and the app are going to be uh, uh, discontinued and shut down in March of next year. So uh, if you if you didn't know, Periscope is the live streaming app that Twitter purchased in 2015, uh, just like they purchased Vine a couple of years before that and then sunset that in 2016. Twitter has built into the platform most of these pieces, and so they are, in essence, uh, going to be shutting it down. Uh, This is kind of sad for me because I was kind of a a Periscope fan. Um, I'm presuming that going live on Twitter will continue to exist, just not with the Periscope app. That is my understanding um, at present, um, and this is this is related to the second uh, lawsuit uh, that these states are. Uh, the, I'm sorry, the same lawsuit that I was talking about earlier regarding that. Uh, so next, moving on is um, Facebook uh, purchased a company called Customer in November, and then quickly thereafter, uh, Facebook has uh, been internal having internal discussions uh, about. Uh, basically monetizing WhatsApp. Now, of course, as we talked about last week, (laughs) Facebook is under uh, kind of, um, you know, federal lawsuit, uh, you know, federal and a bunch of states' lawsuits, uh, a master lawsuit against them relating to anti-competitive practices from purchasing WhatsApp as well as uh, purchasing Instagram. And now what we're seeing is that Facebook uh, wants to go ahead and start monetizing WhatsApp in the face of all of this that's going on. Uh, So this is really interesting to me. We'll see what happens as they go forward in terms of trying to monetize WhatsApp. But what that really means is that WhatsApp is gonna become more expensive for small businesses who are utilizing the platform. So it has the users to be able to demand that. That's for certain. I'm curious as to whether or not this really makes a lot of sense for Facebook uh, long-term, more importantly, does this make sense for you? If you're not already utilizing WhatsApp to connect with customers, I would imagine that this is not going to be the biggest of deals uh, for those businesses. If you're not interacting in that way, I wouldn't quite honestly uh, you know, be too worried about starting, uh, but there is a factor involved, which is that as you move forward, you're going to have to be concerned about uh, whether or not you become a part of that platform with whatsapp business to be able to engage with customers one-to-one uh, we've chosen just as a company at w3 consulting to use uh, telegram and we feel that telegram allows us just a lot more uh, you know structure it is independent of of facebook or the any of any of the other major telecom uh, tele Uh, tech companies, and it just feels better for us. Uh, We're also dabbling with Signal as a mechanism for being able to do that, which provides end-to-end encryption and apps across all the ecosystem of of operating systems. So that gives us just a lot more uh, latitude there. One little closing uh, the the loop items uh, is that Facebook has also uh, just uh, started building a new tool called TLDR. If you don't know, TLDR uh, stands for too long didn't read. And in essence, this is a tool that will um, supposedly read and summarize new dar- new, new, uh, news articles for you. And, uh, and so this is, of course, another <laughs> shot across the bow for uh, news and media organizations that are struggling in so many ways. Facebook has become the place where people really access and read their news, whether for better or for worse. And I, I know I don't, but I know that a lot of people do. And so Facebook has built this new uh, technology and, uh, and, and tool here, and we'll see what happens once it you know, comes out into the market and how people use it. But this is a, a really bad sign for uh, news and media organizations. They need to really innovate in how they monetize content. And this is, a, a again, the same conversation for small business owners, is that how are you going to monetize content if content is the thing that helps you uh, support your business, that if that's one of your revenue streams in that way. We're thinking about that for W3 Consulting. You know, We produce a lot of content. How does that actually get monetized? And the same thing applies for news and media organizations. So if you in some way, shape, or form do want to monetize your intellect, your intellectual property, all of those kinds of things, then we need to start thinking about a different model other than uh, pushing into social media Uh, content for the purposes of, of being able to get eyeballs only. We need to think about this in a little bit more rigorous perspective. And I'll be having more and more conversations with you about that as we make our way into 2021. If you didn't know, uh, uh, Congress finally reached a deal on uh, on a COVID-19 relief package. Uh, in essence, it'll be 11 weeks of extra unemployment benefits. There's supposedly a $300 uh, check that will be going out to Americans and uh, in, in the form of stimulus checks. And so we'll see what happens there uh, for, uh, my understanding is there. There's also um, uh, um, some money for the airlines, and uh, you know other kinds of things of that nature. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm just like as a whole, kind of a of, um, holistic perspective. I think this is good. I think it provides us a little bit of of continued runway for the american uh, people unfortunately for small businesses this is too little too late i think we've we've done the damage uh, to the economy and unless there was some remarkably larger package that was uh, agreed upon i think that the lock you know kind of the the deadlock in congress really forced uh, the bloodletting of the economy uh, too long into the pandemic and so we're going to see recovery uh, much slower and we're going to lose a lot more businesses Full stop, uh, because of their lack of agreement, and so it's unfortunate. But just kind of wanted to put that out there, so we're all kind of aware that we're going to see more businesses uh, both get rid of payrolls. You know, we're going to see payrolls plummet over the next few months, especially as we continue to struggle with the pandemic. Uh, and then we'll also then see uh, lots more businesses fail, and those that those of us who survive, it's it's going to take longer for us to get out of survival mode and back into uh, thriving as uh, businesses. Uh, My main point today that I really wanted to talk about, though, was the concept of the Core Web Vitals algorithm update. Now, Google has made this announcement uh, a couple of months ago, and in essence, they're letting us know with enough time so that we're able to do this and get uh, prepared for it. In essence, uh, this is better known as the page experience update. In May of 2021, this will go into effect and it covers really three different components of your, uh, web, you know, basically your web publishing generally, but it, for your website purposes. Uh, so I just wanted to bring up on screen so you can kind of get an idea about what we're talking about here. Uh, so you can see here there are um, several different acronyms: LCP, FID, and CLS. And I'll try to explain what these are all about, and then uh, and then and what you can do in in order to really uh, you know bring about your websites. Uh, you know, website or websites so that you can get prepared for this because this is going to be a huge impact on a lot of businesses and their traffic uh, from Google and really all of the other search engines as they follow suit with Google because that's what they do. Uh, you know, they see what Google does and then they pretty much uh, replicate what they're what they're doing in essence. So the core web vitals are in essence these three functions. Uh, largest contentful paint. In essence, this is a uh, a metric of how quickly the first main content appears when your website loads. And this is every single web page, right? So this isn't a single, uh, you know, like your website is one monolithic structure. We're talking about each time someone goes to your website from Google search, they're entering a page on from your website. Each one of these matters to Google uh each indexed page matters to Google, and the largest contentful paint is, in essence, when I load your page, what is the first main content that I see uh, so that I, I know the page is loading? Because if you just get nothing, it just appears as a white page or, uh, say, a black background or whatever color background of the, of the website is, if it lasts too long, I'm going to leave. That's a poor user experience. And so Google wants to be able to have that largest contentful paint hit, hit the user so that they stay on the page and they continue to have a good experience. Uh, What Google uh, measures as a good uh, 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 Contentful Paint time frame is 2.5 seconds. Okay, so 2.5 seconds is what we're running for. It's that largest Contentful Paint we're looking for 2.5 seconds or uh, sooner. And then we come up with our next component, which is FID, or first input delay. In essence, this is about the interactivity of the site, and uh, what we're what we're worried about is page interactivity, from the sense of what's the first element we can click on, like a button or anything else like that, when we come to the page. So first input delay, we want under hundred milliseconds uh, to rank well on Google. Now. Next is visual stability, which is CLS or the cumulative layout shift. This is when you load a page and things move around on the page as it loads. Uh, When when those things move around, that is lowering the page experience, it's lowering the user's ability to understand what's going on because buttons may shift, the layout of the the navigation may shift, all of those things move around, and that's of course uh, reducing our desire to wanna stay on that page. So cumulative layout shift is uh, supposed to be under 100 milliseconds. Now, you can see here in this image from Google, it's a little bit weird because it says 100 milliseconds to 300 milliseconds for first input delay. And then under under cumulative layout shift, uh, it says 0.1 to 0.25. Really, that's 100 milliseconds uh to 250 milliseconds i don't know why they shifted <laughs> that in the in the in the diagram but in essence both first input delay and cumulative layout shift should be under 100 milliseconds so uh 1/10th of 1 second and so we want to make sure that load time interactivity and visual stability are all in essence uh managed well with uh with with regard to the update and so while i I can't get into all the particulars of how to do this i wanted to bring this to your attention so that you have some uh you know uh, some ability to start figuring this out and making some changes. So what I wanted to do then is to um, give you some suggestions in terms of what you can do to be able to start the process. So we have about, you know, this is May, so we have about six months uh, to be able to start making this uh, changeover. And it's gonna be really important that we start doing these things. One is my suggestion would be to make sure that you claim your property, claim all of your websites, with Google Search Console. Uh, by doing so, you will be able to go ahead and uh, pair that website uh, with uh, Google Search Console, but, but also with the uh, PageSpeed Insights, and then start to do some uh, integrated um, uh, analysis of what's going on on your website. And so, Uh, To give you some understanding, what I've done is I've actually gone ahead and run this on several uh, websites of mine uh, just so that you can kind of see. So Anything But Idle is one of my podcasts. And as you can see here, um, I've paired it with Google Search Console. And then uh, with Google Search Console, it gives me a quick link to be able to see the Page Insights uh, PageSpeed Insights for this particular thing. Now there are two different columns here. There's one for desktop and one for mobile. And as you can see here, uh, we have some room uh, for improvement when it comes to our our website here for anything but idle, which is great to know. Okay, uh, but. Yeah, Quickly, on on the desktop, it's 87, so we're right in that range. We're like three away from being good, right? Uh, But if we click on mobile, uh, it's like, oh my gosh, we need to do some real work on mobile because there's clearly uh, some uh, lag time for first time, uh, first input delay is, uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, the our interactivity so our, our our interactivity is low here so our FID for so first input um, input delay is uh, is is basically slowing us down and we need to start figuring out how to speed all of these things up okay so, Uh, What we need to think about here are really three fundamental areas. There are all kinds of ways to fix these. So don't think that this is like the only way. But I would say that the first best way is to look at, at PageSpeed Insights and start analyzing not just um, your main homepage, but go to individual pages across your website where you get quite a bit of traffic, which Google Search Console can tell you. Go to those pages and start looking at what are the things in here? You know, if you scroll down, it will start to tell you, oh, you know, if there's some render blocking resources and some prop- improperly um, sized image and server uh, initial response time is low. Those kinds of things. What's going on here? Do you need to talk to your web host about beefing up your hosting uh, because you're on maybe a shared host hosting account, which means that many other Uh, websites are on that. Maybe you need to up your web hosting. Maybe you need to move to a server that can uh, better and more properly assist you. Maybe you need to get a CDN in order to be able to manage some of these pieces. Maybe there's some optimizations uh, across the board. One thing that I I highly recommend is going to either Optimizilla, um, which is, um, what is it called? Um, Imagecompressor.com is now the the site. But if you go to imagecompressor.com, In essence, you should compress all images before you upload them to your website. Uh, This allows them to be able to be spiffy and whatnot. If you want to get really fancy, uh, you should uh, go and think about uh, in WordPress, for example. Uh, We, of course, host manage WordPress. So uh, we host WordPress websites a lot. And uh, those, you can actually install plugins that go ahead and use the WebP format. Um, And the WebP format is a new uh, image format that allows you to be able to load images with high quality uh, with really uh, much better um, compression. And so this really makes for a a, a much better web experience for most people. Uh, Google has really pushed the WebP format and now you can actually load websites using WebP dynamically in WordPress using some plugins. Okay. So we want to really think about the things in which we can do to make this uh, possible. Uh, you know, we we definitely need to think about server response and how good your server is using CDNs to their best effect so that we can have better um, access to uh, local content from where we are logging in and accessing those pieces. And uh, not a lot of this stuff is going to be able to be done solely by you. You're going to probably have to find a developer if you're not, uh, you know, technically savvy. So I just, you know, want you to reach out to those folks you are working with to make your websites uh, go live and uh, stay maintained. Now is the time to have those conversations with them, uh, touch base with them, and start figuring those pieces out. I would not also. Kind of my recommendation is that even if you use something like Squarespace or Wix or Weebly or if you're on Shopify or something else like that, you should run your websites through those tests anyway. Go to the Page Insights, Page Speed Insights test and run your site and see what's going on there. Uh, For example, I ran mine through um, for our uh, community platform. And as you can see here, let's see if I can pull this up. Yeah. So you can see here, we have a 99% uh, 99 score, which is great for our community page. Uh, but again, if I go to mobile, it's still only 81. So there's there's still even some room to grow there. So I'm going to do some analysis and talk to our software vendor that produces the software behind which Web & Beyond Community runs. And now we can go ahead and, and figure those pieces out. I've also found that uh, we have multiple uh, WordPress installations running on top of a multi-site installation. And some of the sites load very quickly and some don't. So that may be parts of our theme, producing too much CSS or the CSS is not being uh, streamlined. So we can fix some of those streamlinings, uh, streamlined uh, components within the CSS and uh, match that up with our, our content distribution network, our CDN to be able to fix those things. So either way, not to get too far in the weeds, I just wanted to bring this to your attention so you have an understanding of what you're dealing with here. Those three components of the largest contentful paint, the first input delay, and then your cumulative layout shift are the pieces that you need to learn a little bit more about, and then um, start getting your websites ready for the May 2021 deadline when that goes into effect. And then thereafter, remember that Google is going to be uh, putting their mobile index into place, and they're going to be kicking out all their uh, desktop uh, indexed websites from the mobile index. So just after that, we're going to really need to be talking about How to get that ready. So we'll be talking about that in uh, January and February as well, because we want to get you all prepared for that. So uh, I'll make sure to be uh, discussing that as we make our way forward into the new year. Uh, So with that, that brings us to near the close of our Web and Beyond Live today, uh, just a couple of, of pointers um, regarding the next few weeks. Um, so W3 Consulting's offices are closed the next two weeks uh, for the holidays, and uh, I will be still doing Web and Beyond Live next week on Monday. So we'll we'll be continuing to do those. So I'll be back at 11 a.m. Eastern next Monday, uh, but we'll I'll, I'll ultimately be closed. If anybody has any uh, support issues um, for W3C web services, just go to web.w3cinc.com, click on the support tab, and then you'll get technical sales and support there. If you have support issues that are related to W3Consulting, uh, W3 just always email support at w3cinc.com, and you'll reach one of us, and we'll respond uh, probably sometime after the new year. Um, if it's more important, we'll be scanning it to make sure and we'll get back to you in that way. Uh, So a couple of other um, items. Um, If you're not already a part of our community, if you go to www.webandbeyond.community, that's our community for uh, those of you who are watching and small business owners, feel free to join us. And as we grow 2021, we're looking to really grow the community and start to interact and do all kinds of fun things. Uh, So we have our small business virtual roundtables, And of course I do these web and beyond live lives, which you can watch directly inside of the platform, and uh, we'll, do be, we'll be doing webinars and all kinds of other fun things. So if you want to learn about any of the upcoming uh, events we do have, you can go to w3cinc.com forward slash events. That's w3cinc.com the number forward slash events. And you can see all of the fun things we have going on um, coming up in um, the new year. Uh, we'll be posting all the new events. Um, in the next uh, week or so, we'll get those up and live for you so that you are aware of those. All right. So that's it. That is um, our second to last Web & Beyond Live for um, for 2020. And uh, thank you all for watching. And uh, I'll look forward to seeing you all next week for this Web & Beyond Live. And here's to your success on the Web & Beyond. And I'm Ray Sidney Smith. Take care.